welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here today with our annual Goals Tracker Worksheet Edition. That's right. Every year we kind of look back at what happened and prepare for the year ahead. And this time is no different except for this looking back is going to be very short because I don't want to look back too much. 2020 was a train wreck, dude. But there's some lessons that we learned. Hey, thanks really quickly to our Patreon supporter for this episode. It's Mickey Bell from way down there in Alabama. Mickey, thanks for supporting the podcast. Hope you're enjoying those Club 52 emails that help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. So what is the Goals Tracker Edition all about? Basically, it's my chance to give you a tool to help you work through your weak spots, make them stronger in the next year, and hopefully come out better than when you started. There's a saying that you can't improve what you do not measure. So the first step is taking some personal inventory and seeing what is actually happening. A lot of times I know when I do a show, I feel it's like either a good show or a bad show. I go back and watch it the next day and it's usually not what I thought it was. Whether it was worse than I thought it was, better, or not as good as I thought it was. There's always a little bit of stuff that I can learn from measuring the exact thing of what happened, separating myself from what I felt about what happened to looking at the statistics, the actual stuff, how many laughs did I get, etc., and examining things that way. You should be doing the same thing with your comedy career if you indeed are pursuing this as a career. If you're a hobby comic, nothing wrong with that. You can still use these goals and metrics to measure your progress, uh, but you're progressing in a hobby, and you might find some of these that aren't necessarily you know, necessary to for what you want to do. You just want to go out and have fun and tell jokes. Uh, that's fine. But if you're serious about getting into comedy and getting far along in comedy, this worksheet is for you. And I'm going to kind of walk through it a little bit, give a few personal examples, but this is less about me and what I did this year and more about what you did or didn't do last year and can improve upon in the year ahead. So again, this worksheet you can get by simply emailing me at schooloflaughs at gmail.com and say, add me to the newsletter list, and you'll get this worksheet. If you're already part of the Insider Tip Sheet, you will get this automatically in the next edition, which goes out on the same day as this podcast. So check your inbox, check your spam filter, because a lot of things that are going from lists now are going right to your spam or marketing folders and uh, not being in your inbox. So you want to check that out. All right, so let's look back at the past year, and I just want you to kind of think honestly. If you don't know exactly, if you don't have the dates on your calendar or whatever, that's fine. I want you to look back and see how many times you got on stage. How many times did you get on stage? Whether it was an open mic, whether it was a paid gig, whether it was a fundraising event where you donated your time, whatever it may have been, how many times did you get on stage? Was it 20? Was it 30? Was it 50? Was it more than 50? If it's less than 10 uh, and you started in January of last year, then uh, that may be normal. <laughs> Actually, last year, man, uh, I was going full steam ahead for about six weeks into the year and, and then everything hit the brakes. So 
don't penalize yourself too much for not getting on stage as much as normal. But how many times did you get on stage this past year? And then what do you want to do next year? Assuming things clear up a little bit, you might put a conservative number in the blank, but you know, do you want to try to get on at least once a week on average, twice a week? And I've got to be honest with you. If when you're performing and trying to do this as a career, if you're not getting on stage at least three or four times a week in the early stages, it's going to be really hard to notice any development whatsoever. Uh, you, you're probably just struggling to remember your list and, of jokes and not look at your set list on stage if you're only doing it once a week or once a month. So don't fool yourself. Uh, you're doing it as a hobby. If you're doing it that way, and that's fine. But if you're pursuing this as a professional comic, you want to get on stage a lot. And if that means getting on virtual stages, getting into the, some of these Zoom calls or what have you, and doing some time in front of friends and family, that's fine, too. you got to be working your delivery and your memorization of your material and getting some honest feedback in real time. And I, I was discounting the virtual thing for a long time, uh, but it is a viable way to do comedy if you approach it with the idea that I'm going to deliver some material, but connect in a new and different way. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we move on down the list. But first thing again, how many times did you get on stage this past year? What do you want to do in the next year? Getting on stage is important, but developing material is equally, if not more important. So how much new material did you develop last year? Do you look back and go, oh, I, I got two good jokes? Or do you look back and go, I've got 20 good jokes? Or do you look back and say, I've got 20 minutes of new material? What did you do? And if you've never thought about it in these terms before, you might want to start. Uh, if you're not developing consistently every year new material, then all you're doing is polishing up old sh stuff. And... uh I almost said something else there. I was going to say shoes, but uh, it's old stuff. And you can only do that so many times before people are like, that's the same joke dressed up in a different set of shoes. So honestly, look back at your notebook. Do you have a notebook? Did you fill it up? Did you fill up a notebook a month? Did you fill up nothing? And you just got no new jokes and you're expecting different results. If so, you're a hobby comic. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to be professional, you need to set some goals as to how much new material you're going to develop. So look at what happened last year. Are you going to do the same or better in 2021? I bet you can do better. So here's one thing I want you to do when you think about stage time and writing new material. It's hard to just write 20 minutes all in one sitting, right? 20 minutes, that's good. But if you write 30 seconds a week, you got 52 weeks there. You're going to have more than 20 minutes worth of material. 30 seconds. That's less than 15 seconds every couple of, you know, half a week. You could, by Tuesday of every week, if you start on Sunday, can you write 15 seconds of material? <laughs> I mean, it's a one-liner basically. So don't try to eat the whole elephant at once. Break it down. You may have times where you get into a spurt and you do write five minutes. You know, sometimes these bits just develop naturally and you're like, boom, I got five minutes. This is awesome. But for most of us, most of the time, it's daily increments that add up to be the new set or the new 20 minutes or the new half hour, whatever it may be that you're trying to go after. So set some goals as far as daily, weekly, and monthly, how much stage time you want to get and how much material you want to develop and try out on stage when you do hit the stage again. All right, so that's our first little section as far as writing goals and performance goals. Very important in this new climate that we're in is to have some virtual goals as well. And I know, it's not fun. It's not as cool. It's not as glamorous. There's not as much energy. There's just You still won't even compare it to doing a live show because it's not the same thing. However, virtual events are going to be here for a while. 
and I would I would venture to say they're going to be a part of every big corporate event, big fundraiser that's going to happen in the next two or three years, because there's going to be that leftover, and hopefully it's leftover. Hopefully it's not continuous, but leftover precautions that people are taking by staying home, watching the event unfold on their computer instead of attending in person, because again they may be fearful, high risk, or you know uh, have a comorbidity. There's a word you want to put in your act: comorbidity. That prevents them from going out uh, before they get vaccinated or what have you. So virtual, let's pause here and develop some new goals around virtual events. First off, obviously, if you've done none, do some. And again, I would get your five funniest friends on a Zoom call once a week and you do a workshop together. Just get on there. Make sure each of you challenge the others to bring five new minutes or three new minutes or something new every single week and then listen to that comment give some feedback and then it's your turn and go around the horn might only take an hour do that once a week get used to logging on setting up your camera getting your lights right getting your background right all that kind of stuff so that you can actually develop material that works online if you can make your friends laugh over the computer and laugh hard my guess is you probably can make strangers laugh pretty good on a virtual call. So how many times are you going to do that? I think a weekly goal is great. You know, set something that's reasonable. Uh, you might want to rotate the group of friends out and in, but you've got to get some practice doing virtual. If you're attending the uh, online virtual comedy workshop, the Business of Comedy workshop on January 23rd that I'm running from 1 to 4 p.m. Central, I'm going to go into great detail and give you a checklist on how you can make the best of a virtual setup, what gear, what background, what lighting, what sound, all the kinds of things that make a virtual event go well. You're going to get that as part of the comedy workshop on the 23rd of January, 2021. So, but in short, I want you to have some kind of goal as far as getting some practice virtually and then set a goal as far as performing and getting paid to do virtual events. And we'll talk in a second about how you can make that happen a little better. But what would be your goal? I think at the bare minimum, you want to be doing two live events a month where it's not just your friends and see if you can scroll up from there. And that brings us to our next section on the worksheet, which is website goals. First off, do you have a website? If not, you're probably a hobby comedian. That's all right. But if you're a professional or aspiring to be a professional comedian, you need to have a central home base your website that you send booking agents to, that you send clients to, that you send your fans to. It's great to have a million followers on your different platforms, but you don't own any of them. And if those go down or they ban you, and that happens more than you think it does, uh, people are banned from using their own Twitter account. You can't connect and contact and, and have a relationship with your fans or booking agents. So you need to have a website. It doesn't have to be extravagant. The website is important, just as email is important. Those two things go hand in hand. So two goals that I want you to focus on most on the website development or change or updating. One is having a virtual options link. If indeed that you're comfortable doing virtual events and you've got some footage of you doing them successfully that you can promote. If you don't, then that that should be part of your goals is to get those things together But when people are looking at hiring comedians now, they're not just looking at bringing you in live. In fact, very few are doing that. They're looking at comedians who are comfortable with experience doing virtual events. So my website right now is being redeveloped. 
probably be live with a new one by January 14th. There is a whole new section for virtual. It's highlighted on the homepage. It's highlighted in the banner. It's got five different options for people to hire me for. And these are all things that I did this year that I've got footage of. I've got testimonials, you know, clients saying how they liked the performance and, and all this stuff. And it's front and center because that's the where, you know, that's where it's going to happen this year. Again, for the first half of the year, at least. So I'm doing this for me. I'm telling you, you probably should be doing it for you too. Finding some ways to develop online material and promote it and put that as part of your update to your website. And if you don't have a website, time to get one. Along with that, having a website is great, but if nobody comes to visit, uh, it's useless. So what are you doing to drive traffic to your website? And this is where your Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you name it, Pinterest, is funneling people to your website so they can learn more about you and you can have a pop-up that collects their email address. Without their email address, you have a fan that you really can't pinpoint. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know how to promote things to them besides just putting out a, a post on Facebook. And again, on Facebook, you put a post out, only 8% of your entire list will see that. And if they don't like it, comment it, share it in the first 15, 20 minutes. It's not going anywhere. So you might think you're letting everybody know that you're going to be doing the Stardome in Alabama and Birmingham on the 15th of February, but only 8% of your followers on Facebook saw that. And if they didn't share it, then nobody else did. So you need the email list. You need to collect those emails. You don't want to bombard those people, but when you're making live events, you're promoting new CDs, DVDs, uh, specials, downloads, all that stuff, you need to have a list to, to communicate that to and to promote it to. So I want you to set a goal for looking at how many emails you have on your email list right now. Could be zero, should be higher than that. And then what do you want it to be by the end of the year? And again, you don't have to get them all in one fell swoop. How many new emails do you want to get each month? And how do you get those emails? What are you giving to those people to encourage them to exchange their email address for something from you? That could be access to uh, non-public, unlisted video content that you create that's funny. It could be uh, to a joke of the day email that they get. It could be to just a number of things. If you have old merch, I've got some uh, CDs in the garage that aren't doing anything for me. I give them away. I've got download cards. I can send them a text and give them a code to download a CD. These are what is called a lead magnet, and they're ways to get people to jump on board, be part of your email list, and now you've got some fans you can promote things to. So what do you have now? What do you want later on? How many visitors do you have currently at your website? What do you want to up that to? How are you going to do it? Another way to drive traffic, obviously, are Google ads, things like that. Uh, you can do that and drive traffic. But if the website isn't delivering what you promise in the ad, it won't matter. So have a clear target on what you can provide to people and then drive them there with a paid ad. Okay, so that was website goals. Moving on now to networking goals. You cannot perform comedy in a vacuum because that would... Right. It would suck. So here's what you got to do. You got to meet people. You've got to bring value to others without thinking of what you're going to get in return for it. You've got to help people out and you've got to go intentionally meet and support other comedians. Sound like a drag? Well, then this isn't for you. You're a hobby comedian and it's all about you and getting your buddies to laugh. But if you're trying to pursue comedy as a career and get better at it and be somebody that uh, people are looking forward to seeing and that bookers are looking forward to book, you need to network a little bit. So 
I want you to think about how many new comics or how many comics you don't know personally yet are you going to try to meet, connect with, and support this year. And that could be as simple as logging onto their website, following their performances online. Uh, you know, even I've had comics reach out to me and say, hey, man, I like your podcast, but your graphics sucks. Can I help you with your graphics? Uh, I've had people help me with my posters before, my CD covers. You can offer that to a comic that you don't really know and just say, hey, here's my portfolio. This is what I can do on the side. I love your comedy. I'm a comedian, aspiring comedian, too. But, you know, maybe I can do this for you and help you out while I'm working on my thing. You hit me with an email like that. I'm checking your site out every time I'm learning about you. Uh, but there's other comics. Uh, you, not everybody's here to support me. And please, you don't <laughs> you don't have to. But think of some comics that are, you know, that you like, that you really admire and that you want to support and support them. Join their email list. Subscribe to them on YouTube. Help help them boost that number up. Subscribe to them on all their platforms. Whatever it might be, how are you going to network with comics and grow your circle this coming year? I want you to think about that. I want you to think in the same terms of agencies and bookings and booking agents. You know, how are you going to connect with them? Are you following them on social? Are you sharing their posts? Are you encouraging uh, what they're doing online? And then once they kind of know you and like you and trust you, then you might pursue uh, submitting your stuff to them. But let me tell you right now, nobody that books a gig wants an email from somebody they don't know telling you how great they are if they haven't met you at all. So social media is a great way to kind of start to get to know some of these booking agents. If you don't know who the booking agents are, do some Google work. Go to a club website. See who's booking that. See what comics are on there. See who's booking those comics. There's a million different ways. And again, we'll go into that pretty deep in the Comedy Business Workshop on the 23rd of January, 2021. But these are some goals you can set as far as networking. What about attending festivals? Are you planning that this year? How are you going to get to the festival? What are you going to do to promote yourself to that festival? Do you have great online clips to send links to people for? You need to do all that. And now I'm going to move over a little bit to uh, social media following. I'll be honest with you, I'm 52. I really can't stand... Uh, developing social media followings to just support my business. But the reality is that's the way it works these days. So first, I want you to go down this list, take a little inventory, add to this list if you want with social media platforms that I'm not mentioning. But, you know, how many YouTube subscribers do you have? What's your current YouTube subscribership? And then what's your target? What do you want to have by the end of next year? And then how are you going to achieve that? Again, think weekly or monthly. If you want to have... You know, 520 new subscribers, that's 10 a week. So 1.5 people a day. That's not a lot to ask. If you're putting out good content and sharing it, you should get that naturally. And also depends on who you're trying to, you know, promote yourself to. I'll be clear about that. Almost 90% of the stuff that I do is, is private or corporate events where it's not a general public kind of thing. And I'm fully aware that I should try to have as many general public people follow me as possible. But my YouTube subscribership, I'm mainly geared towards corporate event planners. Pretty boring. But one corporate event planner that subscribes and books me is worth a thousand that don't. A thousand general public people that don't. So uh, your goals may shift around number-wise depending on that. It's the quality over quantity approach. But if you're performing in clubs, obviously you really want your YouTube subscribers to be through the roof, and that goes for everybody. I'm not making excuses for you or for myself, but if you know what your goal is, it's a little easier to hit it. So how many YouTube subscribers do you currently have? How many do you want? 
How many video clips do you have? How many do you want? How many are you going to generate this year? What topics are you going to cover? How are you going to create YouTube clips if you're not on stage? Well, you show people how funny you are off stage. Do some little rants to the to the uh, camera on your phone. Whatever you've got to do, if you're going to get a new following or bigger following, you need new and bigger content. So think about that as far as YouTube's concerned. This applies to LinkedIn connections, quality LinkedIn connections. For me, again, it's an event planner, an HR director, those kinds of things, but you might want to connect with comics on LinkedIn or booking agents. If you're not in the corporate world, maybe that's less important to you. Facebook fans, get your Facebook page or personal page, but you have a business page or a fan page. How many fans do you have? How many do you want? Same thing with Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. All right, so that's social media. And I can just say at this point, I think it's safe to say that you don't have to worry about getting more people in your Google circle. That uh, <laughs> Remember Google circles? Dang, that was one when it came out. I'm like, really? So I did a couple of things, and then luckily that thing died on the vine. That was that was something I didn't want to pursue. Speaking of vine, where's vine at? Is that still around? Be careful what you get into. There's uh, sometimes it's worth the effort, sometimes it's not. Now all those goals were statistical based. They're numbers, and I wanted you to take the emotion out of it and just see what it is for what it is. So you're not fooling yourself thinking, oh man, I I did a lot of great videos this year. You look back and you did four. You know what I'm saying? Uh, excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt my own podcast, but I did. Hey, this is Rick Roberts with three exciting virtual classes being offered in January of 2021. We have the Stand-Up Comedy Level 2 Writing Workshop. That's right, Level 2. First time ever offered. This is a deeper dive into comedy writing, and it's designed for people who are already performing, but maybe not getting the reaction that they deserve. Class meets January 4th, 11th, and 18th, 7 to 9.30 p.m., and registration fee is 99 bucks. You can go to schooloflast.com, click on the Next Classes link to get to registered. Also coming up, we have the stand-up comedy performance workshop that meets on Wednesdays, January 6th, 13th, and 20th, 7 to 9.30 p.m. Central. Same registration fee of $99, and that will get you performing a Zoom set for three minutes and then feedback from me and your peers in the class. Again, you can sign up for that now. And I'm really excited to announce the first ever virtual version of the Business of Comedy Workshop. That happens Saturday, January 23rd, 2021. From 1 to 4 p.m. Central Time, that registration fee is also $99, and all three of these classes are designed to get you further down the road, bigger, better, and more bookable. But I do think it's worthwhile also to look back at at things you felt that you did well, because feelings and emotions are part of this business as much as we uh, sometimes try to tamp those things down or amp those things up. They are part of the mix. So just kind of looking back at your calendar, and what did you do with the year that was 2020? And this is where I'll, I'll just share some things that I did. And I'm encouraging you to share some things with me that you did this past year as well, just so I can kind of learn more about my listeners for one, but also so you can think about it and you actually have a reason to write it down. But looking back at last year, January, February, first two weeks of March, it was gangbusters. Uh, As far as amount of bookings and dollar amounts for the year, all that kind of stuff, it was going to be a record. It was a nonstop train just rolling down the tracks, full speed ahead, no brakes. Then when the gig started canceling and postponing in March, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on here? And for the first couple of months, I really just chilled out. I was kind of burnt out, spent it was 30 years nonstop in a row of traveling until March. And then I got a break to chill out and get healthy, uh, get exercising, 
all those kinds of things, which I never, I thought I was pretty healthy. Not until I got off the road did I realize how worn out and beat up I was. Uh, You know, just little things that could end up being uh, big deals later on. I was able to nip those in the bud and kind of straighten things out and spend more time with my family, all those things. So I look back at 2020 as the healthiest year, despite a global pandemic that I've probably had since I was a maybe in my whole life, because I was a pretty sickly little kid, actually. So who knows? This could be the best physically I've ever felt in my entire life. And I know that some people out there have had the virus and had tough years, so I don't want to like throw that in your face. But for me, I was lucky enough and blessed enough that that's what occurred in my life. And then even financially, uh, this did turn out to be my best year ever with some some things where I received some funds that I didn't expect, wasn't anticipating, and I I give all the credit to God on that, where he just kind of stepped in and said, I I got you covered. Don't worry about your income. Worry about getting things right. That's the way I kind of felt these things came into play in my life. So it was my best year ever monetarily, and I got to spend uh, nine months of it basically off the road. Crazy. Now, I will say that I did hustle as much as possible with the downtime. And looking back, for me, I'm excited that, you know, I put the Master Laughter class together in January of last year and had that. And then by May, with that downtime that I had, edited together the class and have video and it's online and it's ready to go and I've got people taking it and I'm excited about it. Probably would not have had the time to do that. I know I wouldn't have had the time because it took me about three weeks to take all that material and make an online course out of it. So I'm thankful I had time to do that. Currently working through my new website. Went and got new photos taken. Nora Canfield here in Nashville. Phenomenal photographer. I highly recommend her. I'll link to her in the show notes. But uh, my website was just kind of hanging in there. You know, I'm not disgusted by the way it currently looks. But again, it didn't feature anything new, uh, virtual events, any of that kind of stuff until now. So I'm taking advantage of that. Also, got to do a movie this year, spent two weeks in Indiana, and the Mayberry Man movie, which will be finished, I think, in May of 2021, would not even have been able to commit to a two-week engagement because I had so many gigs on the schedule. But when those gigs cleared off and this movie came up, what a blessing, and just had a blast. Everybody I worked with on the movie, uh, just really incredible people, me and the guy that plays Floyd, Alan Newsom who has a great podcast, by the way, if you're into Mayberry, called Two Chairs, No Waiting. It's a video and audio podcast you can find. Uh, Got to know him. He was a great dude. So that's like a a plus to have spent a lot of time. We we were in a lot of scenes together. He was in a lot of scenes, period. But I think every scene that I was in, he was in as well. And that was just a ton of fun. On top of that, I was able to get together an idea for a TV show, a, a streaming show, if you will, and shoot a full episode of that here in Nashville with a very funny Mike Goodwin, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, Mike's a great comic out of South Carolina, so we did that here in Nashville. And I just got the rough edit in my tiny little pause last night to take a look at that. And the footage is excellent. Mike was hilarious. And I'll be doing a couple more episodes of that and then cutting together a sizzle reel from all three of those to pitch to different platforms. But that was something I could not have done, or I don't think I could have done, had I put uh, a regular schedule together and had a chance to pursue that without COVID interrupting. So, boom, another thing. And none of this is bragging, by the way. It's just, what did I do to fill my time up with? And then I was able to do coaching online, 
I had over 12, I think it's 15 or so students from around the world, including several from right here in the Nashville area. Like Chester Goad, who's a good friend of mine now, I think, just from doing these virtual uh, coaching calls and just see real development in comics who are serious or aspiring comics, I guess I should say. Chester got into this right before the virus hit and has had just maybe one or two chances to get on stage. But just to see real development in him and other guys that I'm coaching, uh, you know, Basil David over in China, who speaks French and performs at clubs where there's multinational people in the audience like it's fascinating to me to hear his stories of the jokes that he's doing and how he has to think about you know how would i say this how do i say this in english in china at a club where there's people who speak some english but their first language is something else like it's just an eye-opener it's just very very cool and i'm excited that i have time to do coaching because my i think my real spiritual gift is kind of encouragement and getting people on track and so that was something that evolved this year, even though the year itself kind of dissolved right in front of my eyes. And then, of course, all the virtual stuff that occurred this year that developed that I never had planned on doing before. I've got an American Idol show that I do for corporations. It's a company-wide talent show. I put it together with clips they send me from their cell phones. It's kind of like an American Idol TV show, but we put it together, and they all jump on the same platform, and I host it and show the clips and make some comments, and they get to see their buddies. That was never on my to-do list before. I've set up a virtual studio here in Nashville at my office. So I've got good cameras, lighting, great backdrop. Just a lot of things developed in a year where it wasn't the typical run-and-gun, show-up-and-go-up kind of deal. It was hustle and get it done and find new ways to, to solve problems, not for me, but for my clients or people that hire me. How can I do that? You know, pre-recording entire comedy shows direct to camera for clients. I also put together this keynote, uh, the Mayberry Method keynote that I've had for a while. I made that a video-on-demand keynote series so people can have a keynote speaker at the click of a button delivered in short emails with little videos each week. So I look back, I've got like five new programs. I wrote more material this year than ever before because I had a schedule that allowed me to stay in a, a routine, in a good way a routine, to craft things and put them together. And then still had some performances that I could get out and do and measure the results of that writing. So I'm not complaining. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what happened with me. Love to hear what happened with you this year. And I hope 2021 is much better. Again, you can get this worksheet. Just email me schooloflaughs at gmail.com and say, add me to the Insider Tip newsletter. And I'll add you to that and send you this worksheet within that newsletter. If you're already part of that newsletter, you'll get this automatically the day that the podcast releases. So a lot of good stuff going on there. I still have a little bit of room in the virtual classes that are happening in January. I told you about the Business of Comedy seminar that will happen Saturday afternoon, January 23rd from 1 to 4 Central Time. But I also have a virtual writing level 2 class, first time ever offered. This level 2 writing class is designed specifically for comics who have already gotten on stage. They're getting some results, but they also feel like something isn't quite clicking and I can do this better. And it's going to be a very intense class with challenges. You're not going to be able to like just hide in the shadows in this class. There's going to be challenges to get you to write new material and try different things to kind of get you over the hump and out of the rut that you could be in into a smoother path that you should be in. And then a virtual performance class, that's going to happen in January as well. So the writing level two class is January 4, 11, and 18. Those are Mondays from 7 to 9.30 p.m. Central 
And then the virtual performance class where you get on the Zoom call with us and you perform a three-minute set each week with feedback from all of your uh, people, all of your other classmates plus myself. That happens on the 6th, 13th, and 20th, also from 7 to 9.30 p.m. Central Time. And that is a, a performance class that you can take even if you've taken the performance class again, as long as you bring new material. But it's going to be a chance for you to take material you've been working on, maybe in quarantine or lockdown, and get some reactions to it, get some results and fine-tune it and make it better so that it works not only on virtual, but when you get live in front of an audience again. So all those classes happen, and you can check all that out. There'll be information in the newsletter that goes out. But you can always find out more at schooloflast.com and check the Next Classes tab and click on Virtual Offerings and find out about that. Cool. Hey, I know I was rambling the whole time, but I'm the only person here. That's the way it works. Hope you have a great 2021. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the, the School of Last YouTube channel, do that. And you can get uh, some bonus materials that you won't find anywhere else. And you can support the podcast through Patreon. Patreon is a way you can tip the podcast once or a recurring monthly donation. And that, that helps me with editing, with hosting the website, with putting on these virtual classes. And you can do that and in return get involved with Club 52, which is a two-pronged attack to help you get better and more bookable. The first is a weekly email that arrives in your inbox each week with a specific actionable challenge that will help you tune up your comedy business, your writing, or your performing. And then also we have a quarterly hangout where we meet up and talk about important things. It's, it's kind of like a green room where we're all sitting around saying, hey, this is what's working, this isn't what's working, and I'll have a topic for each one of those. Our first quarterly hangout of 2021 is coming up on Sunday, January 10th at 2 p.m. Central. Sunday, January 10th at 2 p.m. Central. If you're in Club 52, in part of Patreon, you're going to find out about that through an email and through a, a little information online. But uh, that's coming up around the corner. Go ahead and save the date, January 10th. All right, that's going to do it for this time. You guys take care, have fun, stay safe, and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Last podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.